welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I am joined by co-host Ryan Donnelly. Uh, we are recording this kind of a special episode, Ryan, because you are going to get, presumably, unless they really, really delay it, unless something disastrous uh, happens at, <laughs> yeah, happen. yeah, at ESPN, yeah. essentially, uh, you are going to get our live uh, reactions to the official playoff field here on this show. We are recording just a little bit, about 15 minutes before the show actually starts. Uh, we're going to talk through all that was from Conference Championship Week, and then as uh, news breaks of who is in and who is not in and what those matchups will be, uh, we will talk through those as well. Um, Ryan, how's it going? I'm good, man. I'm good. It was, uh, honestly, I know I know you were kind of... Uh, Doomerish going into this weekend. I think it was a pretty good weekend of college football. We had some pretty good games here. Um, I, I mean, the I, Washington Oregon game was a banger on Friday night. Yeah. I was pretty happy with most of the Mexico State Liberty game. Um, I thought Alabama Georgia was an awesome game. Um, I enjoyed parts of the rest. I mean, three really good games is good <laughs> enough for a weekend to me, I guess. Um, the Florida State defense looked fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, could have been worse. It could. It could have been worse. I will say uh, it pretty much was i think what i was thinking it would be which is that the the two like most enjoyable football games were on friday night i i had a great time watching oregon washington that was fantastic um i had uh you know a great time watching liberty new mexico state obviously a bummer that diego pavia was not able to finish that game but i still thought it was a lot of fun and then on Saturday, there were a lot of blowouts. There were a lot of games that weren't especially competitive. Texas, Oklahoma State was not really competitive. Um, Miami, Toledo did not go the way I thought it would, and that game was better than I was expecting. But then the Mountain West game was much worse than I was expecting. Uh, the AAC game was totally uninteresting. The Sun Belt game wasn't really competitive. Big Ten wasn't competitive. Uh, SEC delivered and was, was enjoyable. ACC was a, a snooze fest. We didn't really get anything in the evening slate like at all. You know, the the end of the ACC game was was entertaining for defensive reasons, but I don't know. I felt I feel pretty good about saying that like it, it wasn't really that great of a <laughs> great of a conference championship slate because a lot of these games were not either competitive or entertaining. Uh, a, a lot of these were were pretty bad. I am happy with the good ones that we got, and that the good ones were as good as they were. I think is helpful. Um, but I don't know. It kind of looked like what I thought it was going to look like. It was, it was not, it was not that different from what I was fearing it would be. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess it was like nice to, we'll get into this game here a little bit, but like, I, I thought Florida state, despite all like the outside noise, but them playing a third string quarterback, yada, yada. And their offense did look bad, but like how dominant that defense was, the fact they got a two score win over a top 15 team. Uh, and held them to what, like, it was, uh, I think it was like 2.9 yards for play under 200 yards of offense. Like, it was nice to see Florida State, I think, play well when everyone kind of put them in the ground and buried them. Yeah. But, yeah, most of the slate, besides those two big ones, the SEC and the Pac-12, and also the, the CUSA game, were, they could have been a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But still, I mean, it's our last weekend of college football for a while um that's okay i'm i'm you know what that's yeah. okay i'll take it we we. i think we could use a little bit of a break from college football before it comes back maybe maybe let's get into these games really quick before well, real quick uh, before we do i do have yeah, some some breaking sure. news for you here from from uh stalwart reporter brett mcmurphy i'll just read from him verbatim 
this was posted 29 seconds ago on the playoff day. Uh, happy birthday to NC State's Dave Doran, who turns 52 today. Doran is ACC's eighth oldest head coach and 64 oldest overall in FBS. So a, a hearty happy birthday to NC State's Dave Doran. Um, wow. That is groundbreaking stuff from dear friend of the show brett we got to get him on here sometime. Dude, I, I think you would think, like our vibe do you think he like pays like a filipino va to like schedule out all those tweets like from a spreadsheet no i think or do he, you think he's doing it by hand himself I, I, I think he does it by hand by himself i think he is a dog for birthdays i think he is hunting Let's them go. down i think he's sending the birthday text himself uh, I think that the, we the, should, the coaches appreciate it like a weird amount. They're like, oh, wow, I love to get the text from Brad on my really birthday. nice. Yeah, yeah. He probably sends a card. <laughs> um, do you think we could send him? I'm sure he has one of those like tip email accounts like everyone else has. Yeah. I wonder if we could send it like, hey, Brett, like I really enjoy the birthday segment. I was wondering, do you think you could drop a spreadsheet of like famous coach death dates to like yeah. remember those as well? Yeah. Could you let me know like what day Woody Hayes died every year? Yeah, we need um, to honor them, Brett. We have to honor these coaches. We need the death the death tracker. It's been, it's been and if four, not you, then who? Yeah, it's yeah. been forty four <laughs> years or whatever since the tragic demise of old ass Woody Hayes. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was so young. He had so much life left to live. Um, all right, let's talk about these games. Where do you want to go first? Here, we're going to start with the ones that impact the playoff because we're going to be talking about the playoff as the field comes out. Uh, that would be the P5 games. Where do you want to go first with this? Yeah, let's just go chronological Friday night with with Oregon, yeah. Washington. Um, also the best game of the weekend, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, fantastic game. Uh, Washington wins 34-31. Um, they essentially, I mean, it was really back and forth into like the third quarter. Oregon took a lead with about 130 left in the third quarter, uh, responded by a long touchdown drive from Washington. Forced an Oregon punt, another Washington touchdown. Uh, Oregon did score quick there, but uh, but couldn't get the ball back. Uh, Washington finished it out with some impressive runs from Dylan Johnson. Um, just a really complete game for Washington, man. These guys, they look fucking awesome. Like, as much as everyone talked about last game that they came out of that game thinking Oregon was the better team, it was a three-point win, three-point uh, loss for Oregon on the road at Washington. They outgained Washington last time. Um, the exact opposite was true this week right i mean washington despite losing the penalty battle uh be you know had a pretty critical turnover from penix um they also outgained oregon by 120 yards and held the ball for 15 minutes longer than oregon did yeah uh, they controlled this game all the way through um they look like the more balanced team despite all the arguments to the contrary i thought they were great i mean washington had an awesome game and not to say not to denigrate oregon either oregon played well but washington was just a better football team yeah and, and like you know Game control is not a stat that you and I cite a whole lot because it's kind of nebulous and I don't really know exactly what <laughs> what it means when yeah. somebody says that. But um, this one really, it does kind of, it stood out watching it live and then it, it stands out here looking back at the stats. Uh, over like 16 minutes across the very end of the first half and then through most of the, almost all of the third quarter, um, Oregon scored 21 points to Washington's zero in the other... 44 minutes of the game um it was 34 to 10 washington um yeah. washington was was better and and oregon goes on a run and the run the run still counts on the scoreboard you know you you, you they were scoring course, points yeah. they played really well in the third quarter and i thought the way that they ended the first half was really well done uh you know calling the timeouts getting the getting the uh i think they forced a field goal and then working their way down the field 
kind of a nonsense <laughs> pass interference call that gets them set up in the in the goal line, but they get there yep. all the same and they they score and then come out of the the break and play well. I thought that that was a, a really good moment from Oregon, but in general, yeah, Washington was better. Washington was the better team. Um, and it, and it, you know, kind of confirmed what we've seen the last two times that these teams played. Uh, Washington is approximately three points better than Oregon. It doesn't matter where they play. They're about three (laughs) points better. Um, and they were here again, just like they were last time. And And they were kind of a similar game to to that last one with, I think a little bit better from, from Washington, honestly. And I thought they answered a lot of critiques too. Like a lot of people, I mean, have said in as many words, if not directly, that Washington's like a finesse passing football team. Yeah, they ran the and, I mean, shit they out of the football. They were popping pads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were popping pads on Saturday. They ran the fuck out of the ball. Dylan Johnson, 28 carries for 152 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. He also attempted two passes uh, and I think caught the ball once. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was... He completed two well. passes. He didn't just attempt two passes. Yeah, he completed right. two passes <laughs> with a touchdown pass. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean... These defenses didn't do a ton. I, I mean, I think Oregon's defense had been a bit uh, overrated all year. I think they were talked about as like an SEC style defensive line. I certainly did not see that on Saturday. Not at the end. Um, yeah, which is when it, when no. it, which is what differentiates it is is what you do in the fourth quarter. It's not. I don't care what you look yeah. like in the first quarter. <laughs> That's when it's yeah. easy. I want to see when it's hard, um, and yeah. it. it pretty much wilted down the stretch, which, I mean, there's another line involved with that. I thought Washington's offensive line got better as the game went on um, and looks, I mean, it's been good all year. I, I thought this was probably the best game that that line has, has played. They were terrific. Um, yeah. And By then, the way, I don't think he's the best corner in college football or even all that close to it. But is there a corner that's more fun to watch than Jabbar Muhammad no, for Washington? No, he, no. he is a delight. <laughs> he He's so much fun. He makes so many big plays. Um, I, I think that there are definitely more like technically sound corners, but the problem is with those guys, the, the ball doesn't go to them. You just don't get to see them do that. They, nobody, they don't get to make plays on the ball. Um, he, he, like, I don't, I don't know what his, <clears throat> what his draft stock looks like, what his eligibility looks like, if he could be back next year. Um, but this is the he has had the kind of season that a guy has before he is completely dominant the next season. Right. Like this was the this was the sauce Gardner breakout season, basically, from him where it's like they're they're still throwing at him a lot and he gets beat sometimes. But he's also making a ton of fucking plays and he's really fun to watch. Um, This was very much that kind of year for him. Um, And and yeah, I I thought that Washington just kind of uh, did it in every way that you can do it for for a football game. They ran the ball really well. Um, Defensively, they were not. You know they were not amazing, but I I do think that there is something to be said for the you know the third down differential in this game where Washington's ten of fifteen on those plays, um, Oregon is three of ten. Washington has had a ton of trouble getting off the field on third down this season, and, and if you've watched them play in any of these big games that they've gone and uh, you know gone and won, you have probably been very frustrated like I have with the sheer number of like third and longs that they give up <laughs> throughout yep, the year. And yep. there was still one or two of them in this game. I think there was a third and nine wheel route that, that Bo Nix completed. And it's, you know, every time that happens, you're just, it's, it's still frustrating. But I thought in general, the defense did an excellent job of, of getting off the field or at least forcing fourth downs, forcing Oregon to think about it. Um, and you yeah. know, they, they don't win this game without the defense doing that. I think that the defense played as well as it really has all season. Honestly, the line was 
so much more impactful than it has been, you know, all season. Not just in pressuring Knicks, but in defending the run. They defended the the hell out of the run. They did a really, really good job against the run, I think, pretty much all game, save for, like, the long Knicks run. I mean, Jordan James had, what, 35 yards? Bucky Irving had 20. That's that's a pretty good day at the office. Um, yeah. Washington looked damn good. Uh, I, I, I'm still... And I think it was, just, just to jump into, it was situational yeah. too, right? It, like, I felt like there's a lot of defenses you watch, and this is a particularly an Ohio State thing that drives me nuts, is like, it felt like every time Ohio State got a score, its defense would give one up shortly thereafter uh, and kind of allow the balance to swing back. It felt like all of Washington's stops came right after they scored to continue momentum, right? Yeah. Like first drive, field goal, force a three and out from Oregon, get a touchdown, right? Next drive, another three and out. Um, you know, they score a touchdown to go up uh, 17-7, force a three and out. Uh, well, uh, Michael Penix throws a pick. Two plays later, they get it to pick back off of yeah. Knicks, right? Like it felt like they were, you know, after they scored the touchdown to go up 27-24, they force a punt on five plays and score a touchdown again. Like, they just made situationally sound stops to take big swings in that game, stop the bleeding, or, or kind of extend their advantage. And that's that's pretty much how they won the game. Man. Yeah, and, and save for two or three plays off the top of my head, I think there was one, Holden obviously had the big catch and run at the end of the game. I think Tez Johnson had yeah. one a little bit ahead of that. Yeah. Um, Troy Franklin was strapped up in that game. He yeah, but like, I, I, yeah, I, I think in general what Washington did really well, uh, along with stopping the run, was they didn't let Bo Nix uh, yak them to death, right? They didn't, yep. they, they, were, they were fast enough to keep up with those guys underneath, and they were, I mean, they were hitting, they've been hitting all year, but they were hitting and it was actually landing, and they were knocking balls loose, they were stopping guys where they caught the ball instead of 20 yards down the field. Um, that's, that has been the, the way to defend these guys. And I think that they were able to do that really, uh, kind of, kind of backs up what I had been <laughs> thinking slash hoping this team could do. And, 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 you know, the, the, I think championship potential that they do honestly have, I, I feel, I feel good about this team. I feel really good about this team. Um, yeah. and, and all of that it, we can say without even talking about the actual strength of the team, which is that Michael Penix threw for fucking 300 yards and all three of his big yep. receivers came up in, in, you know, huge ways throughout the game. Like Roma Dunze was awesome. Jalen McMillan was awesome. Even, uh, Jalen Polk was involved in this game, which has not always been the truth for them this yeah, season. He's like, really banged up this year. Yeah. Like yeah, they, yeah. Th- they threw the, they threw the hell out of the ball. Like they always do, but then they also did all of this other stuff. Well. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. We're going to see it soon here. I don't really have a strong preference between who's the one seed between Washington and Michigan. I think inertia maybe will carry it for Michigan, but I think if you compare the resume straight up, yeah. I would have it for a hair for Washington. Yeah. Um, I, if I, as I recall correctly, going into this weekend, um, it was, I believe Michigan was first in game control and Washington was third and Washington was first in strength of record and Michigan was second. It should be something like that close again. Like they'll probably be one and two in both categories after Georgia got knocked off. Yeah. I'd assume. So you can kind of split hairs between who, I mean, who you want. Washington has the extra ranked win. I would probably give it to them for beating Oregon twice. And I think some of like the idea of the committee that Oregon should have beaten Washington and was the better team was kind of banked, uh, baked into those rankings. Yeah. And I wonder if they may flip that with Michigan. I, I don't really have a strong preference either way. It's not really relevant, but um if you had to ask me, I'd have Washington as the one seed going to this playoff. I think they won the best league in the country this year, bell to bell, played one of the hardest schedules and won. Yeah. Um, all of them. Yeah. So um, really quick, the other games here, 
Texas over Oklahoma State, not a ton to say. Texas fucking whooped ass. Yeah. Uh, Quinn Ewers threw for 452 yards. Uh, they gained, uh, I think it was almost 700 yards in the Damn. game. Um, yeah, they did. If I recall correctly, they, they yeah. had like 500, the 662 yards in this game. Jesus. Just complete dominance um, the entire time. Every part of it worked for them. Um, no real thoughts. They kicked their ass. Yeah, they kicked their ass. They were, they were, uh, every bit as dominant as I think I, I wanted them to be as what as I wanted to see from them. Um, they held Ollie Gordon pretty much underwater, which is really, really hard to do. And, and their run defense mm-hmm. has been good all year. Um, this was the, yeah, this is the way to finish the season. If you're, if you're Texas, this was what they needed to do to close yeah. this out. And, and I think to back to back blowouts too. Yeah, yeah. To, to earn their, to earn their keep and earn their spot. Um, they were much better. They they looked like a playoff team. They looked like a, a very, very good team and a, and a title contender. Um, I think that they are pretty comfortably in, probably as, as the three seed, and I think that that's about where I would where I would have them. I think that they're deserving of of that with the season that they had. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll see this here in a few minutes, but I will say, like, we've seen... My thought on the committee and what they'll do here is they always... Their process is always picking the four most deserving one loss or undefeated power five teams. Yeah. And then among those four ranking who they think is best, that's kind of always been the process. Like we've seen undefeated power five teams not be seated at the top of the field or seated below one loss teams. Uh, For example, I believe that happened with Florida state in the 2014 playoff. It happened with Ohio state in 2020 playoff. Yeah. Like you'll see undefeated teams drop below a one loss team uh, once they're in the top four. Like, they don't really care about record as much in the top four after you pick those four, if that makes sense. Yeah. And um, so I think we'll see probably Texas third, Florida State fourth. But Yeah. 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 And, and I, I think that would probably be about right. You know, it's it's not ideal that you're punishing Florida State for, for you know, not having its quarterback, but also they don't have their quarterback. Do do? Um, yeah. And, yeah. and it's it's a much lesser punishment than the one that some want to, to levy against them, which is leaving them out, which is not going to happen. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It is what it is, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but putting them fourth, I, I think would be would be fair, and I think Texas probably is is playing better right now, and, and probably should be three, and I, I think that's probably what's going to happen. Um, <clears throat> you want to talk SEC here? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Alabama won this game twenty seven twenty four. It was a real war, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this game came down to it. Uh, Georgia scored uh, to make it a, a field goal game with about uh, three minutes left and then just couldn't get Bama off the field. Uh, Jalen Milrow picked up a few key runs. Um, I thought I thought Milrow played a pretty impressive day. I mean, he only had 192 yards passing, but I thought his threat with his legs and just some of the key plays he was picking up were, were pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Georgia could not run the ball between the tackles. Um, that was their biggest issue. They couldn't, had to keep going outside. And couldn't really stop the speed. run either, which is weird. It's weird that they well, couldn't really do. That's not weird. I mean, relative they held to... Bama under. Th- like they, they situationally couldn't stop it, but they held Bama under three yards of carry on the day. I thought Bama yeah. just got key short yardage. They needed it. Yeah, um, which is you know the difference. It's here. a critical. Obviously, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah, Georgia. Georgia <laughs> did not do that as effectively. Um, I, I thought that that Carson Beck was pretty clearly the the less comfortable of the two quarterbacks here. Milrow was not yeah. perfect, but he I thought he did play well, and he played. He didn't make a ton of mistakes. He took some sacks that I don't really know. Like I can't 
it's part of his game. Yeah, it's, it's gonna it's I, gonna I was, be there. It is what it is. Beck did not do a single thing in this game that I was like, oh shit, that's a great play from from him. Like he just agreed. he just looked like some guy out there. Also, I was like confused watching this because maybe I'm crazy, but like it felt to me watching the game live like Georgia didn't have like any kind of pass rush, and then you get to like the end of the game and they finish with four sacks. Yeah, and I was like, you know, where the fuck did those come from? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, I I don't know, but it, it like it was, it was good line play. I thought on both sides most of the day. I mean, just um, good fucking football game, man. These are two good teams. Yeah, um, and, and I think that that's all they are. <laughs> that's the yeah. next. That's the next place I'll go with this. I think Alabama deserves credit for what it has done to turn this season around. I think that Georgia probably deserves some criticism for not being better than it is, given the amount of talent on that roster. Um, Mike Bobo yeah. included in that, I would say. I it was a it was a you know a hubris hire at the time, and I think it's costing them now. Uh, neither one of these teams should be in the playoff. They're not. They're just not there. They're not there. They have not been there, and and Georgia would have been had it won this game, but it didn't. And I, I think that this is <laughs> comfortably probably the best five and number five and number six teams that the fourteen playoff era has seen. The the Big Twelve teams in twenty fourteen have a case, um, but they are they're five and six for a reason you know that's it's not i it really is not a huge question for me i think that it it has become the talking point that it has become we were talking about this before the show to drive viewership numbers basically yeah. uh to, we're doing the same thing right yeah now. <laughs> to sell ads well yeah we're doing the same thing but we're putting this up after the playoff thing already goes up so you can't even True. you you can't uh yeah we're selling home field apparel ads that's home right apparel. yeah homefieldapparel.com you just go meet in midfield for 15 percent off your first purchase sorry about the short <laughs> ad read we kind of forgot um yeah yeah it's busy today it's busy uh, today but uh yeah i, uh, I, I like they're they're just not they they have not they have I don't, I don't understand like they have not been so overwhelmingly impressive that it can overcome their own resumes they've they've just not they right. neither one of them has been this season yeah and, they're trying i have to yeah. say it's very impressive even if it is frustrating that alabama fans and sec fans are cynically trying to do well all the games on the field have to count like talking about the texas loss like oh you can't just throw them out because of one game first of all we've done that to a million teams in the playoff era that always happens um second of all like it's really nasty work to do that the week after you need a fucking miracle to beat a bad auburn team that got worked by new mexico state the week prior yeah um yeah that would also yeah, like, all, all games would also include like it would include that it would include a three-point win over arkansas it would include a dog yeah. shit performance against usf right like that's a yeah. and that's a that's a that's a fourth of the season that's that's one fourth of your regular season games were either losses or, or dog shit plays yeah. against bad teams. That's not yeah. good. It's a, yeah, it's yeah, a third. I mean, it's, a, it's a it's a third of your fucking regular season games. Jesus, that's right. not very good at all. They want us to believe like playing close against Houston or or I don't know Kansas State is unforgivable, but like shitting your pants against South Florida, Auburn, Arkansas is like oh well the SEC is a hard league and like yeah. ignore the fact the league did had the worst. P5 versus P5 non-con performance of any league in the country. Yeah, it wasn't um, a hard league this year. Sorry, it just no. it just wasn't. It, they're they're coasting the off of their reputation. Made, it's not real. Yeah, the other argument being made is like, oh wow, so now no one can schedule good teams anymore. Like, <laughs> no, you can schedule them. You just have to win them. Like, yeah. if we left Texas out, you wouldn't reward them for scheduling hard games. If you left Florida State out, you wouldn't reward them for scheduling LSU in a tough game. Like, you should play hard games and have a hard schedule, and you should win the games you have to win, man. Like. 
it Bama lost the one game they couldn't lose all season. It happened yeah. to Ohio State in 2015 too. It's happened to other teams as well. Uh, it happens all the time. Like Wisconsin lost a the game they couldn't lose in 2019. Um, there are just some like at the end of the day, there's only when you're this talented and this level of football, there's only a few games that really are toss ups on your schedule. And you got to win almost all of them, if not all of them. In some years, you lose the wrong one. It's happened to every league in the fucking country. They've been left out because of that. I'm not weeping for the SEC. They do not, in my opinion, we're going to see what happens here momentarily. They don't have any argument to be in this playoff. There's just yeah. no way you can do it. There's, If you just look at it objectively and take the SEC tag off of them, there are five teams in contention. Three of them are undefeated Power 5 conference champions and, you know, Conference one loss conference champion A beat one loss conference champion B head to head by 10 points on conference champion B's field. Um, and they have just as many, almost as many ranked wins, uh, just as many quality wins, just as many wins over bowl teams. There's no argument about it. It, 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 it Texas should be in, yeah, and Florida State should be in, yeah. yeah. And and the the case about like, oh, well, this just means you shouldn't schedule good non conference games, it's like. Well, no, you should you should win them. Yeah. That's the thing. You should yeah. you should win those games because, like, you think about like Texas bought itself some insurance by winning that game. It was able to get 100%. over losing to Oklahoma, All Florida right. State with LSU, Georgia. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, but they're revealing ahead. it right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so we have Michigan as the one seed. It's just been revealed. Okay. Um, at thirteen and zero, which I assume means Washington is uh, comfortable too. Yes, Washington uh, is too. And then I assume we'll see Georgia at six right after that. Okay. Uh, but we'll see here in a second. Well, while we wait, so right now, Mich- yeah. While we wait Sorry. for that, I will say, uh, and and then the thing that costs Georgia here is that it lost this game and didn't have any non-conference insurance. It didn't play anybody. If you had played a big non-conference game, you would have a much better resume to try and overcome the fact that you lost the last game that we saw you play. Uh, it, it is it is the exact argument that is that is presented by these games and by these resumes than what the 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 the, the partisans want it to be. Um, it's the exact opposite thing. It is a totally different. It's 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 just it, it completely in argument with anything that they are trying to say about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just obviously a very disingenuous point. I do have to almost respect like the level of propaganda spin they're getting into. Yeah. Um. It's, I mean, it really is some nasty work, but it's it's a good line to take. Yeah. Um, I do like watching them for the first time ever, like just like crawl and scrape and whine to try to get in. It's nice to see them begging a little bit. Um, yeah, it is good. Even if, yeah, I mean, my, I guess my primary goal as a hater is to see Michigan lose the championship. Uh-huh. Um, so maybe it would be nice for me to have Bama in, but they don't deserve it. I'm a pre- I'm a man of principles. Yeah, that. yeah. At the end of the day, you just yeah. like you just you love ball, and we don't want to see we don't want to see anything bad happen to our beautiful ball. Um, yeah. Do you want to start talking about? You want to start talking about Michigan yeah. twenty six, Iowa zero? Because I don't think we have a whole lot to say about it. No, think about twenty seconds. Um, <laughs> yeah, Michigan won the game. Oh, Texas was just reveals the three seed, by the way. Okay. Um, so Texas is in. Yeah. So the question, as we all thought now, that means Washington's playing Texas. The only question is for the four seed between Florida State and Alabama. Yeah. Um, the Michigan game really quick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Michigan won the game 26-0. Um, they averaged, like, I think it was 3.2 yards for play in this game. Yeah. Um, they scored almost entirely on short fields against a, a very, very bad offense um, who turned the ball over a few times. And, I mean, Iowa had three turnovers. They yeah. also allowed a big punt return, just very uncharacteristic for them. Um, I don't know. Like, 
Yeah. There's, there's, Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's not a whole lot to say about it. This was not a football game that had a whole lot of football actions in it. Um, Michigan won comfortably against a team that doesn't really yeah. give you the room to do anything more than that. Yeah. Um, and well, I will say, uh, Blake Corm is not the same guy. No, he has not. He's not looked very good this year. I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't know if it's just injury stuff or what, but he has been. Yeah. It's been kind of ugly. It, it's been kind of ugly yeah. at times. He has looked not the 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 top gear doesn't really seem to be there anymore. I I, I yeah. it he just hasn't really looked like himself. Yeah. Also, uh, Iowa got four sacks in this game. Yeah. Um, Michigan's O line pass pro problems need to struggle. Uh, JJ McCarthy has not passed for more than 150 yards since uh, October. So sorry, since November 4th. Okay. Um, he averaged uh, 4.9 yards per attempt in this game. Um, <laughs> it's kind of been the same thing for four weeks in a row. They can't really protect him, and he can't really do anything downfield. Yeah. Um, I know what SP Plus says, but I don't know. They just revealed Georgia at six, by the way, which is okay. what we expected. Yeah. We're waiting for Florida State and Alabama at four and five. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I know what SP Plus says. I think Michigan's like, depending, they're either the third or fourth best team in this field to be. Um, watching, yeah. I think Texas and Washington are both better right now. Does that feel correct to you? Uh, Washington, yes. Texas, maybe. Texas, I'm yeah. a maybe on. Um, I do think that Florida State, if we're, oh my God. I don't, I think they just, did they just Washington announce lines. it? Uh Oh, oh my fuck God. this, dude. They put Bama in at four. You have to be this kidding me. Fucking horseshit. Jesus Christ. That's ridiculous. Oh, man. Wow, that's what really nasty. What a complete nasty. fucking embarrassment. Mm, boy, that's really nasty work. <laughs> that's horrible. Wow. That is that's uh that is indefensible. <laughs> that's really that, I mean that's absolutely ridiculous. That's really hard to believe. Um mm, man. Wow, um, that that oh boy, that kind of changes the tenor of the yeah. <laughs> changes the tenor of the podcast a little bit. Um, well, uh, yeah, Washington or um, so it'll be Washington one uh, or Michigan one, Washington two, Texas three, and Alabama four. Alabama gets in over an unbeaten. <laughs> Uh, P five. That's such a fucking joke. I feel horrible for Florida P5 State. P five champion. Um, boy, that whoever is, Florida uh, State plays in the bowl game, I think it might be Ohio State in the Orange Bowl. Yeah, they're saying. Um, Ohio State should take a dive and allow Florida State to claim a national championship. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that is uh, that's 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 jarring. That's um, pathetic. I'm I'm so I'm fucking furious right now. Um, man. I mean, how do you do this? Uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the justification could possibly be. Um, just another fucking Alabama title where they don't earn their way into the game and are given a fucking hand me. Yeah. Um, boy, that's uh, yeah, that's a that's a tough one. <laughs> that's that's a tough one. Um. Jesus, that feels like it's going to be a uh, a, a, a turn a, a thing that that 
<laughs> changes some things moving forward about the structure of this. I mean, I, their argument they're going to make is that like it's you know there's no precedent to be set because we're now moving to a 12 team playoff. But yeah, who gives a fuck, dude? Have some pride. Like it's. <sighs> What kind Damn. of fucking sham, you know, kangaroo court, fucking Potemkin Town League is this, where you just pick off fucking gambling lines and recruiting rankings instead of results in the field? Yeah, Florida State won a Power Five League thirteen nothing, thirteen yeah. or no? Yeah, they beat. How are they not in the fucking playoff? They beat a, a team that was in the top fifteen of these same rankings last week by ten points with their third string quarterback, and held them underwater offensively for the entire 60 minutes uh played as i thought as well a a defensive game as we have really honestly seen this season from anybody i thought their defense looked as good as anybody's in the country right now um mm, boy that's really that's really rough um because i mean what (laughs) alabama's alabama's best non-georgia win is I don't Ole know that, Miss. Yeah, I don't know that I would say it's as good as beating fucking Louisville with your third string quarterback. Um yeah. Ole Miss or LSU. Uh, I don't I don't know about that. I, that that seems that seems a lot. Uh that seems like a lot. <laughs> to, that seems like a lot to swing. Jesus Christ. That's that's really, really nasty. Um I don't know really I don't really know what to make about that. Uh that's that's a 13-0 Power 5 champion that is left out for no no real reason. Um vibes, <laughs> I guess. Vibes is is the is the issue. Um boy, that that really that really sucks. Um good god. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to train. I don't know how to. I don't know what else to say. I'm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty stunned. Yeah. I mean, why even play the games, dude? Just, just let every team practice for 15 weeks. Um, check the recruiting rankings and and what the projected you know gambling lines are based off of their spring games, and then just pick the four best teams based on Vegas's opinion. Why even play the games? Yeah. Um, what's the point? Yeah, I don't really know. Um this uh <laughs> I I I wish I could I don't know, drum up more righteous anger about this because like I would be right to and you know, I've I've railed against against this exact kind of thinking for years. Um but I just kind of feel deflated, you know? I, I it's like What's the point? The people in charge of the sport don't care. They, they, it is, it's, it's recruiting rankings and it's, it's fucking Vegas lines for them. It is not, it's vibes. It's, it's what they, it's, it's what a group of octogenarians think is the best teams. Um, they, they, it's not even like, you know, when, when I, when it's complaining that like a, you know, when I'm, when I get on here and I, I think correctly complain that G5 teams, save for Cincinnati, have no real path to the playoff, it can be, you know, some, I think, understandably can write it off as, oh, well, those are lower quality leagues. Um, and I know that the numbers are not the same. I would I would disagree, but it is what it is. This is a Power 5 conference um, and a, a significant 
brand in a Power 5 conference, all of the stuff that would usually check the boxes, they went undefeated. They have an excellent defense. Um, they overcame, I would say, a pretty significant amount of adversity to close out the season the way that they did, just beat a ranked team in the conference championship game pretty dominantly, um, and they are left out for an Alabama team that has basically one win this season that I would consider impressive um, <laughs> and looked like shit in four or five of its regular season games, uh, lost one of them at home, to another team in the playoff field. I, I really I really don't know how you can I don't know how you can justify that. I think Georgia has a better resume than Alabama. I I I, I would Well then we're doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean Yeah, well. I, I would rather see fucking Ohio State in there at four than Alabama. I, I I don't really I don't really see it at all with 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 that. That is it's just it's just the name. The name is the name is the only thing that, that counts. And that's even in a competition with another name. Florida State is also a name. It's just that that the uh, they they cannot they cannot go so far to leave the SEC out because the SEC is granted uh, just a permanent immunity against any any failure. It can't ever be bad, even when it is clearly, because it has there's there's a a an installed safety net for for the league. No matter what, no matter what it does, no matter where it goes or how bad its hiring processes are, that it gets 10 different versions of Jeff Lebby running every team in the conference, um, it can't fail. There's no, there's no possible way for it to not send teams to you know, represent it for playing for a national championship. It can't happen. God damn it, dude. I'm so pissed. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm like trying to gather my thoughts because I'm just so frustrated about this. But, yeah, I mean... Man, it, it truly from top to bottom is just saying that the games don't really matter at all. That's really what they're saying the whole way throughout is that the games just don't don't fucking matter. Yeah. Um, mm, man. <sighs> Jesus. That's really rough. That's really yeah. rough. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can talk about the games. I mean, I mean, Washington versus Texas will be an awesome game. I'm excited for that one. We've always should have had that one. That's going to be a great football game. Yeah, um, I am pumped for that. The Michigan versus Alabama game, like, I don't know. Haven't we seen this movie for like the last 25 straight years whenever Michigan plays an SEC team? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we've seen pretty much this uh, just in general. This feels like pretty much the exact same, the exact same playoff that we have seen for the decade now. Um, I, 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 you know, there's there's stuff to talk about with with the four team playoff, which still exists for this season, and that's the one that we're stuck with for this year. I do think that this is another, and, and I I am I am sympathetic, I really am, to a lot of the arguments about what the twelve team playoff will do to the importance of the top end games of the regular season. I am. I think that the conference championships absolutely need to go away for the sake of the 12-team playoff. There's no reason to have them. They are a waste of everybody's time. They have been. Um, but I don't know how you can look at the current setup and think that it is any more reflective of the actual games mattering. They don't. They don't matter. <laughs> it is just what... It, it's, it's, you play, we play the games, we waste two months of the year playing the games, and then... 
they pick on the 247 rankings from the last February. Um, what is the point? At least with a at least with a larger field, the argument would be smaller. It would be about a, you know, uh, a nine and three team against a ten and two team from a lesser league. It, it would be about teams where you have the chance to control your destiny and you lost too often. If you are a, if you can go thirteen and zero as a power five team and win a championship, and you can still get left out, I don't know how you could possibly say that the games matter right now. They don't. Um, and, and at least with the twelve team playoff, winning all thirteen of your games as a power five team would put you in contention for the national championship. At least being the best G5 team would put you in contention for the national championship. Under this system, there's no... You can go into a season as a P5 team and win all of your games and not go to the, and, and, and not have a chance to go compete for a championship with this. Um, yep. That's not an accurate representation of the sport. That is not appropriately including such no. a, a large group of teams, which is what makes the sport so good, is that there are so many fucking teams. They should all realistically, in some world, have a path to play for a championship at the end of the season. If not, what is the point of having a championship yeah. at all if it's, and, not gonna rep- if it's not going to be representative? Fucking people on mentions were trying to dunk on me yesterday, and I realized I'm just doing guys angry Twitter mentions, which I, I'm sure is annoying, but uh, saying, oh, why don't we just put Liberty in two? My answer is, yeah, we should. They went undefeated. Yeah. Uh, any team that goes undefeated in any sport in the world, any other sport, has a chance to play for a national championship. Yeah. What, what other what other sport can you win all of your games or all of your matches and not play for a title? Yeah, I, I, I can't think of one. Maybe there is one that I don't know about. I don't, I wouldn't really have a whole lot of interest in that. Um, yeah. Even fucking... <laughs> Even the second least fair sport in terms of selection in college basketball, if you win all your games, you will be in the tournament. If you win yeah. if you win four games at the right time of year, you will be in the tournament. Everybody has a path to the tournament. Um, and the, the tournament field is, you know, giant, and it is what it is, but there's a lot of teams in college basketball, and so that is a fitting number for the level of, of, of competition for the amount of teams. Everybody has a chance at the at the beginning of the year if they do what they need to do to go to the playoff, to the to the tournament. This is nothing. There, there's no there's no consistency. There's no single rule that anybody can follow. Um, I mean, it, it, it's 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 I, I, <laughs> it feels like kind of uh, open corruption towards you know trying to funnel players toward the two leagues that are the biggest money makers for these these TV networks that just spent billions of dollars on them right like that's that that in in any other industry even in America where you are allowed to be openly corrupt in in extremely ridiculous ways that would be frowned upon and probably looked into the level of of you know <laughs> of, of very clear uh, collusion here of of trying to funnel talent toward the absolute top of the sport that they have paid for that they have the rights to uh, to say that you can't even go to Florida State and know that you'll have a chance to play for a championship. Uh, I mean the the twelve. 12- it's one of like at worst what like the ten biggest brands in the sport. 
yeah, I, I would, I would say, uh, yeah, at, at worst and probably not close, probably closer to one than it is to 10, probably closer yeah. to five. I mean, it's just the Alabama it Invitational. 10. It's the SEC Invitational. Call it whatever you want. I mean, this yeah. is, man, dude, they can pound their chest all they want being the best league and fuck Alabama might win. I don't know. They very well might. Uh, I, I, I doubt it, but they could certainly do it. Um, I think Washington's what a joke. I, I I do. I can make myself feel a little bit better because I do legitimately think that Washington's going to win. Um, I think Michigan might beat Alabama. Honestly, I, I, I know that, that people can, people can talk themselves into Alabama all they want. Um, and, and say that, Oh, I think they, Dallas they, Turner will have three sacks in that game. Yeah. yeah and they're not going to move the ball. Um, uh, you can talk yourself into, Oh, well, they're just, you know, they just move differently and all that shit. And I said some of that last year and I apologize for it. Um, but like, I don't know. Alabama looked like shit for the majority of this season, and I think that they they have not played a team as good as Michigan. Uh, honestly, I know that they just played Georgia. I was not really all that impressed with Georgia in that game. Um, I, I I think there's a decent chance that we could get an old an old Rose Bowl in the championship game, which would be great if we could see Washington and Michigan in the championship game. The the worst case scenario <laughs> is probably the one that we'll get, which is a Texas Alabama rematch that Alabama wins in the championship game. Um, boy, that would be really bad. Uh, that that would not be that would not be really all that enjoyable for anybody, I don't think. Um, but I, I I think that the 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 hope the <laughs> the best case scenario is that Washington and Michigan both win and they play in the championship and Washington wins that game. I think that that would be the 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 salvageable result here. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a sham. It's, it's a, it's a farce. It's not, it's not representative. And, and I, I, you know, if nothing else, I think that this will at least radicalize more people to that view who were not there just with the, the, the treatment of new year's six teams or of, uh, of G five teams. Um, it has been this. It has been a sham. It has been not representative. If it was, UCF would have been in in 2017 and probably in 2018. Um, Cincinnati would have been in in both 2020 and 21. Um, yeah. There's not. It, it is not a. It is not a, a a process in any sense of the word. It is it is guesswork. It is Calvin Ball. They are they are just they're just throwing it out there it doesn't have any parameters yeah it's whatever the 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 shadow you know the 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 shadow council feels is the best for uh their pockets basically or for the pockets of their bosses and that's yeah. that's the that's the metric is is just that it's fucking it also is i mean i'm sure we bitched about it many of times but like letting a bunch of like athletic directors and like you know, people who have money in the game, like people whose, you know, bottom line revenue is directly impacted by how much TV money this, this bowl, these bowls make is ridiculous too. Yeah. Um, fuck this dude. And then they're going to like, I don't know if Florida state plays a good team in their bowl game and they lose that game with their backup quarterback, people are going to point to it as a reason to justify this decision, um, which is unjustifiable. It's just a complete fucking clown show. I hate this. Um, I don't know, dude. You want to talk about the other conference championship games? Just I, I, we, we both know we're pissed off, but like, I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll talk at length about the playoff for the rest of the the month, I'm sure. So, uh, you just want to talk about the other the five G five ones? Yeah, I guess. I don't. I don't know if there's. I don't know if they've released like who the 
the New Year's Six. They haven't, yeah, but we can to, speculate. I mean, we can um, talk about the games. I'm sure it's going to be so. fucking SMU. If this is any representation, it's going to go to SMU, the least deserving of the the three or four real contenders for it, because uh, they're from the league that a uh, bunch of <laughs> bunch of old ass people don't realize isn't good anymore. Uh, they're still living in 2017 world. Um, Boy, that really sucks. Yeah, uh, CUSA championship game on Friday night, Liberty 49, New Mexico State 35. I thought New Mexico State fought very, you know, uh, courageously. You know, it was not... I don't think that this was like a, uh, a a letdown by any means from New Mexico State. They, I thought they played really well. They were competitive pretty much all the way into the last couple minutes of the game. Just lost Diego Pavia down the stretch and... The the backup, um, Blaze Berlowitz, uh, played relatively well for a guy put into the game for really the first time this season. Honestly, I don't think he's played all that much. Uh, given the circumstances, I thought he played pretty well, but Liberty is a, a wagon and, and has been all year. I think that this is a, a, a extremely impressive team from front to back. Uh, Caden Salter played really well. Quentin Cooley was great. Aaron Bedgood made some plays. Billy Lucas has been impressive for them. C.J. Daniels, Noah Frith. They have players all over the field offensively, and it was just without Pavia there to keep New Mexico State on track and on pace offensively, they did not have the juice to to keep up down the stretch. But I, I don't say that to take away from Liberty. Liberty's a damn good football team, and I, I think this is obviously deserving of the New Year's Six bid. I, I doubt they're going to get it, given what we've just learned. But... Um, yeah, I think they are going to get it. I don't know. I I, I understand like the, the skepticism, but like Liberty was ranked and the only G5 team ranked ahead of them lost by two scores. Yeah. Like, we don't have any indication they really liked anyone else on SMU schedule. SMU has three wins over Bolte. Like people dock Liberty schedule all they want. And I know like I don't really understand the strength of schedule metrics, by the way, because Liberty's ranked 133rd, but they played and beat six bowl teams and SMU played five and lost the two of them. Um I don't really get the strength of schedule metric on, on that one. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I, um, I, the strength of schedule metric that everybody is, is I, I don't understand. Like, I don't know what the fucking numbers that could be going into that are that could produce that because it's not representative. Liberty beat four good teams this year. It might've beaten, it might've won five big games now, I think, but given that this one, given that they won this one, like they beat Western Kentucky they beat New Mexico State earlier in the year. They beat a, a really solid Jacksonville State team. Um, what was the other one? Uh, they beat ODU, which is going to a bowl game. Uh, they beat Bowling Green, which is going to a bowl game. They they ran through the league, and I know that the, the league's perception is not very strong, but the numbers disagree. SP Plus has Q, has the CUSA as a better conference than the AAC this year. It is a better conference. It's, it's not... The, the top end is not as strong as the AAC's. The AAC has three or four legitimately good teams, but then it has a whole bunch of garbage. The CUSA has more balance. Um, I don't know where that number could really reasonably be coming from, given that SMU did not beat anybody until this fucking game, basically. They beat Memphis, and Memphis was easily the worst of the four in the AAC, I don't know, like, I, I saw there was a quote, I don't know if he was just misquoted, let me see if I can find it, um, from Rhett Lashley yesterday, where he was just, like, it, it was, he was lying, it was not, <laughs> it was not true, it was fundamentally not true what he was saying, um, and I, I guess just doesn't, 
doesn't matter. Um, yeah, he, he says here, quote, we're the only team that went on the road and beat a top 25 team. What message does it send going forward in the 12-team playoff if you don't even schedule a power school? What is he talking about? They didn't beat a top, a top 25 team on the road that they scheduled. They beat Tulane. They didn't schedule that game. The games that yeah. they scheduled, they lost. They lost to a 5-7 and seven TCU team, and they lost to Oklahoma. Uh, they got whooped by a 5-7 and seven TCU team. Yeah, what yeah. is he talking about? Troy has the same schedule and lost to Kansas State and then a much better than TCU James Madison team. Much better. Infinitely better than, than TCU. Um, and Troy was in a much better conference. If we're, if we're doing the two-loss champion, it should be Troy. They're in a better league than SMU is, and they played a better schedule. They are a better team than than than, than SMU is. Um, what I don't know what he's talking about there. He's lying. That's not true. They didn't do that. They did not schedule and beat a top twenty-five team on the road. They played one in the championship game. I don't think Tulane really deserved to be in the top twenty-five anyway, given what it did this season. But I agree. That's not you didn't schedule that shit. You didn't do that. You just went to the game. You you played a dog shit conference schedule and got lucky that you missed UTSA. That's it. That's it. That's yep. the only <laughs> you didn't have to play Tulane or UTSA in the regular season. You got lucky. Yeah. I mean the three best G five teams in the country for my money are are Liberty, James Madison, and Troy in that order. And I don't think the AAC should be in the conversation at all. I think you're picking between the Sun Belt or Liberty. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like if 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 Toledo had beaten Miami, maybe they should be in the conversation as well. But uh, Troy, you have a you have a two loss champion from a better G five league. That's done. There, that's that's it. That should be the end of that discussion. They yeah. SMU's out. You have a better version yeah. of them in a better league. <laughs> that's that's it. You, the records are the same, and, and Troy's everything about Troy is better. Um, it, it would be the conversation yeah, better, between more balanced, yeah, the, the yeah. conversation between Troy and Liberty is more interesting. But SMU has no fucking case beyond just perception. Which is wrong. The perception is not correct. It's not accurate to what the AAC actually is in its current state, which is yeah. a zombie and it's league not that has even, four and teams. the more frustrating part is it's not even about the perception of SMU. It's only about like the legacy value of the American, which yeah. shouldn't have that I, much perception. Like, I, I was yeah. writing about this this earlier this week about just kind of talking through the different teams contending for this spot. Do you know, Ryan, off the top of your head, uh, unless you read the story, uh, when the last time it was that a, a, a New Year's Six, the New Year's Six G5 bid went to a non-AAC team? Oh, God. Was it the Coastal year? Coastal didn't go. Oh, fuck. Uh, no, I don't. 2016. 2016 Jesus. Western Michigan. It has been since since then... And a lot of those are fair. A lot of those, the AAC was the dominant conference during that time. 2017 and 2018 UCF. I can't argue against it. 2019 Memphis, maybe. There's a conversation there. 2020 and 2021 Cincinnati, there's really not a conversation. They were clearly the best one. 2022 Tulane, I argued for UTSA and Troy, but I got it. I understood. It was it was debatable. It's not debatable this year. It, it is a very, very easy decision to make. There's really... There's really no reason to to do it beyond just that's what we do. The AAC is the automatic, which is a really bad precedent to set going into an era where it will matter a lot more. Uh, right now, it matters to me, <laughs> and it matters to these teams. I don't know how much it matters nationally beyond that. 
Um, but this will matter. This will be for a championship next year. And there's just, it, it's laziness. It is just pure laziness to assume uh, on the committee's part to just think, well, yeah, the AAC is the AAC. It's the best one. It's not. They lost their four best teams or their three best teams. They, they're going to lose a fourth with SMU leaving this year. It is not that level of league anymore. Willie Fritz is leaving for Houston. UTSA is losing a giant core of its, of its you know, talent that led it to this place. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. It, it's just not, it's not what it was. And, and I think the perception will change slowly. But the issue is that just perception in this sport changes so fucking slow. It's nowhere near nimble enough to actually navigate the, yeah. the truth of the sport. You still have people like talking about how Big 12 offenses are like just too pass happy. Like, like yeah. That's how far behind we are in the narrative. It's right? crazy. It's- yeah, it is crazy. Um, I guess it's the challenge of having a sport that has 133 teams playing where people just maybe watch 15 of them if we're lucky in a single season. Yeah. Um, you know, you like you watch your own league and, and maybe a handful of other games and you just like remember, oh, well, Cincinnati and UCF undefeated a few years ago. That's all you think about. And it sucks. But like, that's fine for the average viewer, just like some dipshit sitting at home and, uh, you know, Dubuque, Dubuque, Iowa or whatever. But like. So shout out to Dubuque, I guess. Uh, yeah. But if you're if you're a guy who's deciding like the outcomes and the important games for the sport, you have much more responsibility than that, man. Like you have to actually watch the fucking games. Yeah, and they just they're not equipped. They're not equipped to do that. Um, the the that no. is <laughs> there. There are a lot of things. There are a lot of things that need to be changed structurally about this sport, <laughs> but uh, that that is, I think, the first one is that this is not this is not a reasonable way to pick a, a postseason. You have 12, like I said, octogenarians who are watching what, like the ABC game every week and probably the CBS game in the afternoon and the big noon kickoff. And those are the three games that they watch uh, every week. What else are they possibly getting to? These are, these are not, these are not like, being a former coach is not necessarily reflective of you knowing what you're talking about. A lot of former coaches are stupid and they don't actually watch football anymore. A lot of former coaches are like, their their brains are melting. Their brains are melting as they're coaching. Urban Meyer's brain is leaking out through his ears on television every week. This is not, it's not reflective of knowing what you're talking about. It is not credentials. You, this is not, it doesn't, it's, it's, there's no... There's no reason for there to be a limit on the number of people in the committee. First of all, it should be larger than it is, and it should be people whose only job is to watch the fucking games. Well, it's it's yep. It should be a full time gig. It's yeah. a significant job. It's a pretty big deal to decide who gets to play for a national championship. Why are we letting ads do this as a part time gig? It's ridiculous. They have a job to do. It's, yeah. This is not a volunteer work. You're not in the fucking uh, the 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 you know the. <laughs> What is it called the 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 volunteer military where you're there you go you show up like national one weekend guard. yeah this is not yeah. the national guard this is like this this affects a lot of things yeah, it's kind of an sport. IDF style organization yeah, yeah it should not be uh, on these terms it should be your job your job is to watch as much college football as you possibly can every single week during the season we do that it's not we're, the the thing that we are doing is much lower stakes than this there's millions of dollars at we're stake we're better here. at it yeah, yeah we're better at it like uh <laughs> speaking of here just just i know we're on the same page we agree on this note uh florida state's athletic director michael alford just just uh released a statement on the playoff committee i want to read it here in full because i think uh-huh. it's pretty prescient um 
He said, the consequences of giving in to a narrative of the moment are destructive, far-reaching, and permanent, not just for Florida State, but college football as a whole. The argument of whether a team is, quote, most deserving or best is a false equivalence. It renders the season uh, up to yesterday irrelevant and significantly damages legitimacy of the college football playoff. The 2023 Florida State Seminoles are the epitome of a total team. To eliminate them from a chance to compete for a national championship is an unwarranted injustice that shows complete disregard and disrespect for their performance and accomplishments. It is unforgivable. The fact that this team has continued to close out victories in dominant fashion facing our current quarterback situation should have, quote, enhanced our case to get to a power, uh, to get a playoff berth earned on the field. Instead, the committee decided to elevate themselves and make history today by departing from what makes this sport great by excluding an undefeated Power 5 conference champion for the first time since the advent of the BCS CFP era began 25 years ago. this It's also not true, by the way. That happened to Auburn. Yeah. Um, this ridiculous decision is a departure from the competitive expectations that have stood the test of time in college football. Wins matter. Losses matter. Those that compete in the arena know this. Those in the committee who also compete in the sport and should have known this have forgotten it. Today, they changed the way success is assessed in college football, from a tangible metric, winning on the field, to an intangible, subjective one. Evidently, predicting the future matters more. For many of us, today's decision by the committee has forever damaged the credibility of the institution that is the college football playoff. And saddest of all, it was self-inflicted. They chose predictive competitiveness over proven performance, subjectivity over fact. They've become a committee of prognosticators. They've abandoned their responsibility by discarding their purpose to evaluate performance on the field. Our players, coaches, and fans, as well as those who love this sport, deserve better. The committee failed college football today. Yeah. Yeah, that all seems <laughs> that all seems pretty pretty fair, right? Yeah. I would not I would not really disagree with any of that. Um man, I'm I'm having I've talked about this on the show before and, and have, have I've stood on this uh you know, th- this specific podium before. I'm having a hard time <laughs> getting myself to care about this, right? To get to get myself to care about watching the playoff. What's the point? Uh what what is the the sport basically doesn't have a postseason. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's the it's the regular season, and then we play a week of made up games, and then it is then it's just you know it's guesswork. It, it it falls yeah it falls to the to the the prognosticators, whose job apparently is to be uh, talking heads. I guess it's 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 their it's it's up to their opinion. I, I don't. I don't understand. I don't know how the fucking power brokers of the sport let this happen. I don't know how you could accept this as the way that it is done, uh, save for just the SEC and the Big Ten are the only ones that have power, and so they're the only ones who get to have a say, which is not... I don't... How how, how can I care at that point? What is the point of watching? What is the point of caring when it when it's like that? You know, what why... Why invest in anything further than the games that are guaranteed, which is the regular season, which are going to get worse because there are there's no you know we're we're getting rid of the West Coast Conference in this sport. It's not going to exist anymore. <laughs> it's just they're even going to take that away. There's not even going to be a regular season where you have games like Washington and Arizona, or you know the the USC Utah. They're not going to happen anymore. It's it's going to be USC Rutgers and and Washington Michigan State. Everything in the sport, every measurable thing in the sport, is getting worse, and the postseason yeah. is uh, is offering no relief for that. There's never a there's never a break from the from the continued decline of the sport that is clear to anybody who's watching it. Yeah, man. I mean, 
I don't know what to say. I just don't know. Man. I don't, I don't know what to say about it. Like, I, I, it's just, I mean, I'm just furious. I, I feel fucking embarrassed yeah. to have as much investment in this sport as I do when this is the outcome. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, I'm not trying to sound overdramatic here, but it is genuinely a fucking black day for college football. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those days that makes me want to just do the, <laughs> the mid-major college basketball podcast that I <laughs> that exists current that exists always in the back of my head. It's one of those. It, yeah. it is a. It's a really hard day to follow college football here and to, and to care about it as much as we do and to put as much time into it. I I don't know. It's <laughs> it's really brutal. It's it's really really brutal. It is not. It's just. It's it's not it's not an easy day to reconcile that with, with the amount no. of, to reconcile what the sport is with the amount of time that we invest in it. Um, there's no reward for it. There's no, there's, there's no, uh, you know, release. <laughs> there's no, there's no, no moment of, of catharsis. It is just all shit. It's just shit all the way yeah. through. You wade through shit and you get more shit. We got a bad season and now we get a bad postseason for the sake of money that we'll never see. Um, money that nobody listening will ever see. Uh, it's also like even it's just so fucking short sighted too, in my opinion. Like, it, you see this a lot. I'm not trying to get fucking you know 2016 DSA guy on on here, but like yeah. the idea of like diminishing returns under capitalism, like right, they're doing this because it's a question of which brands do they care about the most, which gets the most viewership, like who are they most in bed with. And obviously the SEC is the biggest, you know, conference brand in college football, the richest one, whatever. Like, obviously it's why this is happening. Um, and you're guaranteeing either an SEC or Big Ten team uh, on both sides of the bracket, right? As Washington and Texas, you're up to join those conferences. You're guaranteeing that it's a you're just SEC Big Ten Invitational. Um, but it's this idea of short-sighted diminishing returns where you just always are biased towards what has proven to work in the past not the idea of expand your horizons right like you're just going back to the same well over and over and over again because your market research says it's a seven percent bump in viewership instead of considering the long-term impacts alienating the vast majority of the sport and the way that harms it um and not having any kind of forward thinking about it. it's just a regressive stupid league yeah. i mean it feels like the 2004 nhl or something like that yeah. um and the way they love the sport like it's just the leadership of it is is it, there isn't really leadership. It doesn't exist, right? It's just this scattering of like various regional financial interests um, that have no cohesive leadership. Um, what I'm saying is, we need a, a you know Sherman's March to Georgia and a reconstruction for college football. Yeah, um, that's my demand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like this is something that I know they just fucking expand the contract, but I hope there is a real push now from the ACC and Florida state and all the G five leagues combined to tear up whatever fucking they're going through their negotiations still, right? I guess they haven't even signed it. So yeah, I, I hope there's a real push in these guys to say, fuck you. There has to be clear criteria. It has to be earned on the field, you know, nothing except like the final two spots should be subjective or something like that. Yeah. Um, there has to be better rules for this shit. Yeah, I I do I you know I I do have to think that this is a an acceleration toward the thing that we've been talking about and kind of you know that that's been looming that we you know you and I have had different opinions on uh, of the potential future world where it's it's 
the Big Ten and the SEC, and they have an invitational that they play, and then everybody else plays college football. Um, this feels like a pretty significant step towards that. Unfortunately, um, this is uh, it's not it's not good. I mean, the fucking the four the thing about where the four teams in this playoff are going to be next year, and the conferences that they're going to be in. Um, I know that they're expanding it. I don't know how long that's going to last. I don't know what that, you know, it's made up. The contract is with themselves. It's not, there's no outside force that is acting on this. <laughs> it is, it is all entirely owned by those two leagues. And as much as it would suck for, for those two to, you know, to secede and for us to lose the thing that, that has made college football what it is for 150 some years now, um, at least the rest of the sport would get to play college football again instead of being held hostage. I, I really, I would not be able to bring myself to care if they just wanted to create another fucking NFL with the 32 teams in the Big Ten and the SEC. I don't care. It, it, it's not, it's not my problem. That's not the part of college football that I care about. And if they want to do that, they can do that. It is not. I don't think that they're. I I I I would. <laughs> I would welcome the return of college football for the rest of the FBS teams uh, because this is not, it's just not, it's just not worth caring about right now, man. It's just not, there has to be a breaking point with this because there's not any reasonable, there, 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 there's not a solution to this. Like you said, unless, you know, save for <laughs> Sherman marching on Georgia and, and a complete reconstruction of the sport. Um, and, and I think we'll get probably some of that with, with a, you know, a, a break off, but I'm fine with those with those leagues just going off and doing their own thing. I don't really want them here. I don't really want them in the sport. I, I would I would be fine with it. Uh, I would I would like to have college football back at, at some point because this is not it. It's not it's not what it was. No, it's not. Um, Man, well, this is a fucking bummer of a note to end the podcast on. I don't really know if we have anything else to say. This shit sucks, dude. I mean, yeah, this makes me miserable. I'll, I'll roll um, through the other. The other G five championships, real quick. Yeah, sorry, we forgot. Those. No, you're yeah. you're fine. I don't. There's the the other ones weren't super competitive. Um, yeah. Miami finishes. Miami shut. Yeah, I'll say Miami finishes off a really really impressive season. Twenty three fourteen win over Toledo to win the MAC without their starting quarterback. Brett Gabbert has been out since the first time they played Toledo. Um, really 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 damn good football team that Chuck Martin has built there this season. Those guys are so good defensively. Their physicality was was apparent for the entire game. I think they very clearly they they wanted this one more than Toledo did, and they went out and they took it. Um, the hits that they delivered, the way that they were swarming on defense, uh, he he really galvanized those guys in a way that was uh, tangible and extremely impressive. They played their asses off to close this season, and I, I think that they got. They got the result that they deserved. They they were the, they are the champions of the, of this conference, and they fucking proved it. I was I was blown away with this performance from Miami. I thought they looked excellent. Yeah, yeah, they played really really well. Uh, I mean, clearly the better team in this game. I thought, um, particularly the way they shut down what had been a really successful Toledo rushing attack all season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Daquan Finn, who I think is a great player. I mean, couldn't get much going. I know he accounted for just over 300 yards, but I mean, he touched the ball like 50 times and, uh, and just couldn't get a ton going. I mean, he turned the ball over. 
uh, twice, I believe. Uh, Miami's defense, they are so good at scheming up free hitters. Uh, like that is the biggest thing from Chuck Martin, his defense is like, he just always finds a way to get guys in the face of your quarterback. Um, very, very good. Miami special teams are also excellent every year. Um, they just are a very cohesive team. I think like I, I've had my complaints about Chuck, but this was a great ball club. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Yeah. They, he, he did a really good job. I think on the Toledo side, another disappointing Jason Candle year. I know what the record was, but they should be winning the championship and they didn't. Um, <laughs> it's uh it's it's disappointing from them mountain west uh boise state 44 unlv 20 i don't know what andy avalos was doing in there i really don't <laughs> i don't know i don't know how andy avalos managed to make this team look so much worse than it is they were dominant here and they really have been down the stretch in general um Really good win from them and really impressive close to the season. I don't know if they're going to get interim drunk and, and just make Spencer Danielson the full-time head coach. Um, it's a hard thing to avoid, given the circumstances. I don't think they should do that. I, it, we've seen plenty of cautionary tales about that at the G5 level before. But also, they played their asses off. They 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 were really, really impressive down the stretch, and especially in this game. They were, they were fantastic on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, hundred um, percent. It's a great win. It's a great win. Sorry, man, my my heart's not in this. I got to be yeah. honest with you. I'm just kind of going through the motions here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Last uh, last two here. We talked about SMU Tulane. Good win for SMU, I guess. Uh, and then Troy forty nine App State twenty three. Uh, Troy's good. <laughs> Troy's, Troy's really good. good. Yeah. Troy's good on both. It sucks they didn't get a rematch with uh with James Madison. Yeah, it does. Um, but especially I mean, really the Sunbelt fumble the back, right? They could have made the Nelk if they chose to. Yeah. And they decided not to. When you when you see this game and how badly Troy beat the piss out of App State, um, how do you as the Sunbelt not feel like you freaked it? Especially watching the one loss, uh, you know, Mac contender lose and Tulane lose as well. Um if Liberty goes to the the New Year's Six Bowl, which I think they should, uh, I, I think you'll only have yourself to blame as the Sun Belt for not putting James Madison this game to uh, to make it a little more watched and a little more, you know, taken seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, John Summerall's done a really good job there. We've talked about it a million times, but uh, their their balance across the board is really impressive. Kimani Vidal, uh, twenty six carries, five touchdowns in this game. I think that was the most in a conference championship game ever if memory serves if that was what the sat was that i saw uh chris lewis played well again great receiver for them the the skill talent here is apparent but then the 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 play in the trenches it continues to be tremendous from troy as it as it has been all year it's just a damn good program really really good and i'm i'm glad for their sake and and for for my sake as a as a g5 guy that it seems like he's probably going to be around at, at, at Troy for another year because I think they're going to be really good again next year. That is a that is a machine that just keeps on churning out good teams, and I, I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. Yeah, no, neither do I. I um I can't believe, you know, one SEC team chose to retain Sam Pittman instead of hiring him and another hired Jeff Levy. Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh... It's 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 um it breeds innovation, buddy. We love it. We love it. Everybody yeah. is just making you, the, the smartest possible. If you have money, it means that you are good. That's <laughs> that's the reflection of the sport. That is for sure. Do you think Tulane goes after him? Uh, maybe. I know, mm. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it. I mean, Ooh, that Willie Fritz has got be, announced to Houston. That would be yeah. one hell of a hire. Man, 
I had not thought about that. I don't. I don't know. I think Tulane I like has the Tulane appetite and Duke to. Should, yeah. Yeah, I think Tulane has the appetite to spend right now. I don't know who they're. Yeah, we're going to talk about that on the premium show. They named Slade Nagel the interim. Yeah, I, saw. I could see them also doing the the interim drunk, just hiring the next guy, trying to de- trying to keep continuity, which again diminishing returns. Um, Lance Guidry yeah. as well, Tulane, dude, who was there. I think I mean, would, just, would make sense. Just hire John Summerall or or hire uh, uh, hire Glenn Schumann. Do one of the two. Yeah, yeah, that would be fine. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> I think that'll do it for a, a pretty. Uh, pretty weird episode of flipping the field, I will say. I, I don't think that we are necessarily in the wrong for this one being pretty weird. Um, no. uh, We've had some doomer ones we were wrong about this year, like we were maybe a little too negative at times, but this one we're 100% right about. Yeah. This sucks. Jesus. Um, yeah, go uh, go watch some college basketball, I guess. That would be my advice. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I mean, watch a sport that actually picks its its best teams to play for titles. It's teams that, that earned it on the field. Um. God damn it, dude. Yeah, we'll do a premium this week, I guess. To yeah, what are they yeah. doing to our beautiful sport, man? What are they doing to it? It's something. Ryan Day just infecting the whole <laughs> whole sport. Um, <laughs> Something's got to give. Something's got to uh, give. By the way, um, yeah. Just before we finish recording here, Jordan Travis just posted a tweet. Um, just very sad to read, but he said. Yeah. Devastated, heartbroken, and so much disbelief in our end right now. I wish my leg broke earlier in the season so y'all could see this team is much more in the quarterback. I thought results matter. 13 yeah. and 0 in this roster matches up across any team in those top four rankings. I am so sorry. Go Knowles. Um Man. Just fucking heartbreaking for that kid not to post that. Yeah. Man. It's uh Yeah, it's a bad day for college football. <laughs> 